I want to be a part of something that is so fantastic. And I want to build something alongside of people that I truly care about and celebrate. But right now, my next move will be just to put myself into the best right position, not the next position. That was Rob Alberino, and this is Guild Stories. Welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I am Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content. We are so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. So today's guest, holy crap, how to intro him. Um, Rob Alberino, I think... Uh, with the risk of offending anyone other than Rob who's been on the show that's a better storyteller. I think it's fair to say Rob is probably the best storyteller I know. Um, and and one that he has made a career out of, a very awesome, uh, profound, super cool career, including NFL teams and uh, big-time production and the whole thing. So uh, at the risk of, of being way too flattering to you, my man, Rob, thanks for being on the show, dude. It's so good to have you. Well, I, I hope I can live up to the expectations because, uh, you know, I definitely love – a lot of people have different words for storytelling. They call it BS. They call it making <laughs> stuff up, you know. But, uh, but no, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, that's uh, – there is – I always, you know, tell people one of the things, Justin, that I love is I love learning about people and I love hearing where they're from. Totally. You know, you can, you can get so much from listening and, you know, then you take that and you kind of regurgit and, and one of the best things to do is – is tell somebody's story. And that's, uh, to be honest, like you said, that's been the superstructure of my career. Oh man. I love it. Um, you and I, just for the the folks who are, are jumping into the deep end here with us, um, yeah. you and I met in, I don't remember the exact time we, we, we were both, you were like high power VP guy at the chiefs. And I was like, let's <laughs> say like the sponsorship sales hack. And, and at the time, well, the current Chiefs president, but Mark Donovan um, at the time had brought you in from Philly, where you guys both had a previous life, where you were running the Eagles production group. And I remember kind of the intro um, that Mark made the internal announcement about hiring this new VP of production, Rob Alberino. And I was like, oh man, like he had just seen the stuff you had been a part of, the TV network you built with the Eagles. Um, I was like, holy crap, like that dude agreed to come to Kansas City? (laughs) Why? Um, So, man, like I guess if you would, tell us like, you know, wind us back. Tell us the story. Like how would you get involved in the league? How would you get connected to – storytelling like i'm uh, there's so many damn questions but if you if you would just wind us back no where'd you grow up and let's get into it you got it so i'm a new haven connecticut uh guy born and born and raised until about 17 i left uh i left new haven which everybody knows new haven for yale university and justin if yale wasn't there it would be flint michigan it would not be it's it's a tough place to grow Mm. up it was it's a tough place to kind of grind it out um, and really the one way out, there's actually two ways out in my mind. It's you either, it's either the military or education. Mm-hmm. And so for me, um, I actually, uh, you know, I, at a strange young age, I knew that I wanted to be in, you know, broadly like the radio or television business. I remember being a freshman at Notre Dame high school in West Haven, Connecticut, which I actually just recently visited um, to go see uh, how the kids were doing there and, and just kind of connect with some kids. And I remember having to put in my freshman memoirs that I would then get my senior year. Hey, what, where do you think you're going to be? And at 13 or 14 or whatever moldable age I was, I, I said, I want to be a part of television and radio production. Wow. So my compass was always like really set. Um, Ended up going to uh, Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, and um, and and had a, a almost a double major because I took so many courses of sound recording technology, which is music, and media production. Um, that led me to the the day that I graduated. Um, I the very next day I had a job um, with Delia Wachowski Productions, which basically was a film house in Pittsburgh. And they did all these wonderful, um, they did some, some feature, they worked on some feature movies and some really cool things. But one of my biggest clients was Penn State football. And that was really the genesis, right. Of, of, of the football, uh, world and football production. I always, I joke that if they didn't invent the game of football, 
I have no idea what I'd be doing. I'd be shoveling gravel somewhere. <laughs> you know, I, I have no idea. But the um, so we created this this show for Penn State, which is a really interesting story. Um, the Penn State football story was really the brainchild of of the folks at Delia Wachowski. And we 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 massaged this show, Justin, to basically replace having to send people to let's say there's a guy named Justin Rickliffs. He's a great running back. And the, the great coach Joe Paterno used to have to get on a plane, fly to Justin's house with a VHS tape, if you remember what those oh, are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and used to have to sell him. Hey, you know, Rickliffs, you got to come play for us because look at these running backs, you know, Franco Harris and all these amazing running backs. Well, we all sat around and said, instead of having these guys cut these highlights for these coaches and have them travel all over the world, why wouldn't we just create a show, air it in all 50 states? And just call Justin and his family and be like, hey, guys, center around the TV Saturday night at eight o'clock. It's going to be on, you know, I don't know, the local Comcast or the local sports net that you guys might have. Um, and so we bought all this TV time around the country. And this show became really the actual the the sort of the leader of how the renaissance of how college teams recruited. And it was really, really cool. And NFL films got wind of that. And um, I became a filmmaker for NFL Films, one of their youngest in their history, um, writing in, uh, in, in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, which is basically right across the river to Philadelphia. Um, and so, you know, I was writing for HBO. I was working for arguably the greatest American cinematographer and storyteller for sports, which is Steve Sable. Yeah. We all know who Steve, yeah. Steve Sable is. Um, and actually, a little tangent, what's interesting is when I was in Kansas City, I was the last person to do an interview with him at mm. the 101 Awards. The 101, before, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yep. And he um, he actually uh, he died of brain cancer, and hit, it first hit him when he was in Kansas City. At that um, event, but back, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. They thought and something was – they thought he had a mini stroke, but God bless him. He was yeah. an amazing guy. And I'll never forget my first highlight walking into his office in the original NFL Films building and it was nighttime in, in Philadelphia, probably 4.30 in November, and it was just gross and rainy. Um, and I had to show him my this, this piece I did on the Jets. I remember it was a Jets piece, and it was on film beds, Justin. It was an old school, like Jeez. 1950 film bed where there's two reels and it goes through a little flickery window. It was like super old school. <laughs> and so I set it up, and he uh, he was sitting next to me. And his office had it was this like treasure trove of amazing pictures and images and statues and Emmys and just amazing. And he gets up to pick up the phone. And so I kind of just peek out of my right and my left just to, you know, I don't know, take in the moment and smell the roses sure. for a second. Like here I am, 20, whatever, five years old. And I look up and right in front of the flatbed. That's what they call these things. The flatbed film movieola was a picture of. Vince Lombardi and Vince was standing there in that, in that Man. big long trench coat. You always see him in with the cool little fedora. And it said to, to it was hand signed to Steve Sable, a bigger schmuck I've never known. <laughs> and I thought it was one of the coolest, you know, like it actually relaxed me. And I was like, and I, and I was like, man, I'm here. I'm going to enjoy this. So, um, so I was at films for a couple of years and did some wonderful things. And then I met an incredible human named Len Komorowski, who became one of my biggest, uh, my biggest, centers of influences mm. in um, in the business. Actually, he and another man named David Perry, guys that I still talk to to this day, um, they hired me to basically create the first in-house production group for an NFL team. Um, I believe Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys were, were, were kind of in parallel with us at the time. They were always a really, really progressive team. And they basically uh, were going to start this in-house group. I was starting it as well. And uh, we, we really set the benchmark, frankly, in Philadelphia for just quality and production because the idea was make make an NFL films at the Eagles. And boy, just think about that quality oh. over quantity. Right. Um, and so we, we went through the roof. As a matter of fact, I actually started in the mailroom because there was no other offices. So they put my desk in a mailroom. So I love to use that as my, you know, as the Your quintessential to the NFL. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then uh, so years and years went by. We built um, we built. Lincoln Financial Field, and then in comes this tall, Ivy League, good-looking guy who's going to replace the guy that I came there for. And so this guy's name is Mark Donovan, and Mark is—I um, mean, he's buttoned up. He was oh, a quarterback yeah. for 
for Brown, right? Yep, He's a yep. good-looking dude. He's like 6'4", maybe. Um, I think he got a couple of sniffs in the NFL, but yeah. only only short ones. Maybe with the Giants, if yeah, I recall. I think it's the Giants, but yeah. Training camp, that, I think. That's right. right. Yep. So now I'm like, man, I got to prove myself to this guy. Like, who's this guy? And um, turns out that he became one of the closest guys in my life as well. He's a guy that I call uh, immediately when I need advice. He is a guy that I refer to, my inner Mark Donovan, when I'm trying to solve a problem. Um, maybe the best best in the business. Um, I, 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 can't, I can't say enough about the guy. And he, um, so I worked beside him for quite some time. And then he went to the Chiefs. And, and in 2009, I believe he left. So in yeah, 2010, right. yeah, yeah, in 2010, he knew all of my contract status because he kind of created it when we were in Philadelphia. And uh, my contract was up and I called him and I said, hey, Mark, I got some offers to get out of football. I think I'm, I think I'm burnt. I think I want to leave. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You'd look really good in red. And so I had a, a small family at the time. Um, we, it's funny, I have a, I have a biracial son um, from my wife, but he's been, he's been mine forever. And I was going to take this young kid from Philly mm. and move him to Kansas City. You know, Philly's a pretty cool, yep. hip town. We didn't know anything about KC. And he's like, Dad, are you really going to take me to Kansas City? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, let's learn about the team. Let's learn about how amazing this team is. And we did. We actually studied, you know, how Hank Stram had really changed, mm. um, you know, the whole the whole idea of segregation and, and, and how a black football player was seen. And we really got into it. And you know what? We packed our stuff up. We went to Kansas City, and we absolutely loved it. And mm. and we worked with people like yourself. Um, as a matter of fact, I I would argue that I'm still closer with Kansas City um, employees than I am with any other team because of the family and love that we had there. It was amazing, yeah, um, including yourself. Like we we've never lost touch, you know. Um, and you know, as fate may have it, uh, we did some great things in KC with uh, not a very good teams at, at the time and. Um, the Prima Holmes era, I like to refer to it. Yeah, yeah we like yeah. to call. Yeah, that's <laughs> we. You know, that I, I want to say that uh, I want to say I have some good stories, but it's a it's for your rated R podcast. You know, next time next time we get on and we talk Go about the Pioli. Yeah. <laughs> so so, anyways, the um, you know, I had uh, I had worked with um, the the Harbaugh brothers in it with John in Philadelphia uh, for for nine years and. Jim, his brother, was the coach in in um, San Francisco, and they had a president in San Francisco who was absolutely dynamite. Now, very different than Mark Donovan. This guy was a Silicon Valley whale, yeah, very yeah. much into technology, and his name was Gideon Yu. And um, and he basically gave me a no walls approach to you know becoming the vice president, executive producer for that team, and um, you know the offer they made my family and the ability to do some great things on a big stage. Um, it was it was too big to ignore. And so we went out there and we were there for um, we were there for eight seasons, seven years. And, and at the time and across all of these things, um, you know, we had we had put some good awards on the walls. We had created some incredible things, opened three stadiums. But um, August 5th, uh, I have found myself a free agent. Um, there was some financial cuts at the at the 49ers. And just recently I have lots of time to do podcasts and, and write books and do all kinds of amazing things because, um, you know, 2020 holds no surprises. So, mm. so we're trying to figure out what our next adventure is right now, but it's actually been amazing after 27 years of this journey to be able to kind of step back, stand on the brakes a little bit and kind of just look at what's in front of us. But we're really proud of what's behind us too. Dude. Uh, I'm so what like, whoa, right? Like what a great, what a great intro and what a great story. And I know people are just going, oh, gosh, please tell me more, man. Like you, 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 <laughs> you have this and you know this. I mean, you, you made a career out of it, but you um, you sharing the the highlights and the journey, but then also kind of being real and authentic about the part that's been hard these last few months. Um, sure. And like accepting the the blessing that like charting a new path and carving your new way may may open you up to something Sure, in the NFL or at the league or wherever else, um, or maybe not. Maybe it's something much different. But um, before we go there, dude, you you packed a ton into the the twenty seven year path, and 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 I want to I want to ask like, um, and I know you won't brag on yourself, so I have to pull it out of you. But when you say like we hung some awards on the wall, we're not talking about like 
hey, we created this, like, little thing at the Eagles and this little mini clip at the Chiefs, and then the 49ers, we did this, like, cool show, and we got, like, some regional random awards. Like, you're talking – like – Bro, you've you you have led and directed, and of course it's and you're gonna talk about the team and all that. I get it. <laughs> but like you have led what well, tell us about the awards and like to just to give the audience some some perspective on the kinds of things you have been up to. Well, I, I appreciate it. And without a doubt, you know, and, and and this is this is just almost common sense and it's not even, you know, humility. Nothing is ever done you know, by yourself, right? Everybody, you, you gotta have guys and girls to your right and your left, just kicking tail and taking names. Um, you know, with that being said, um, I feel like you know, building incredible teams and having great people around me is, is, is really the journey that I chose to take. And that journey definitely was awarded. We were awarded some pretty significant accolades. Um, I'm a 62 time Emmy award winner. And I would say the most of those Emmys uh, actually, I think it's a tie between Kansas City for three years. I want to say we won 18 in three years in Kansas City, which was outrageous, um, to also the 14 years I was in Philadelphia. Maybe there was like 30. But if you could imagine, if you extrapolate that Kansas City, if I stayed in Kansas City, they might not have enough metal left for our team. <laughs> true, There's a true story. Uh, there's a true story in 2011. They actually needed a hand truck to get the out of the Emmy Awards when we went, we needed a hand truck to get them to our car. Can you believe that? That's awesome. It was That's insane. Awesome. But it, and I just remember the kids being so happy. And my favorite award ever won um, was actually not even mine. Um, Mitch Holtis, if everybody's listening from Kansas City, and and I know Justin, you you love the voice as much as anybody. Um, I don't know if they make better human beings than oh, this guy. Like they, they just I don't found him yet. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I would take a bullet for this guy, but on, uh, on, in 2012, we were in, we were in new Orleans and I got word and I, I went on the trip cause I, I produced and shot and executive produced on the road. And of course the event was happening. Well, we were in the air and a couple of my compadres, um, the women and men who worked with me went to the event. Well, they called me and told me that Mitch won his first Emmy in his career. Mm. And when I told him at the dinner table at we had this partner dinner table that you probably you might have even been at that with us. I can't remember if you were if you had moved on, but it was I let's put it this way, man. I got drunk that night. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I, I, I had, you know, Crown Royals, my drink. I don't know. They actually had to call in backup from other towns to bring in more Crown Royals. So it was just the coolest. Uh, it was awesome. the coolest thing. And. You know, um, so those are just a couple of the awards. I mean, there's probably 160 plus national tellies, which you go up against places like Showtime and ESPN and, and the BBC. And, you know, these are all just nice mile markers on the way to doing good work. Uh, don't get me wrong. I've probably done some awful work. You know, I'm my biggest critic, but we created a couple of um, series that literally led professional sports in just how did you do these? I mean, I talked to so many humans and, and I travel all over the world to be honest and speak on different, um, you know, speak on different, uh, topics of storytelling and, and how to, how to link storytelling and convert fans and do all this wonderful stuff. And, you know, it's just a blessing these, these to go around and, and talk about, you know, these clubs that have given me the ability to, to go out and take their incredible, I mean, think about telling the story of the chiefs or the Eagles or the 49ers. These are three historically fantastic oh, yeah, absolutely. teams, you know? So it's, it's just been, it's been amazing. Now I will tell you, I will tell you before we continue that my wife, Lisa of 20 years, who is my best friend and she's the coolest, I mean the coolest, she's like, stop bringing so many damn awards home. She's like, we're running. Out. I'm like, they're not bowling trophies for God's sake. They're, they're Emmys. She's like, we don't get an adult so like, slow we, pitch softball. Lisa, come on. That, <laughs> so we've given away about 30 of them. I actually don't even have every one of them. I've won, but you know, from my sister to my brother-in-laws to my best friends, to my dad, everybody's got one in their house. It kind of clears things out. You know, Space is at a premium here in Northern California. I don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah, you guys are – it's like a, mm -hmm. a thousand bucks a square foot out there. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. Uh, man, like I'm just – I'm smiling because I, I remember that – those years fondly. And 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 as they should, the, the Chiefs in particular are getting tons of national love right now. Mm -hmm. and, and they've and they've they've hit the – you know, the, the, 
they punched the golden ticket by drafting 15 from Texas Tech. Period. Um, Period. And, and talk about like whatever. I'll, I mean, different show, but like that dude is is made in a in a factory. I think like he he is yeah. he is the perfect thing like for this city for that sport. Um, his his charisma, his charm, all of it. Um, but you were winning those awards when the team was. I remember them, man. Like it was two and fourteen, four and twelve. Nine and seven, four and twelve, and and what is always fun, and 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 nobody nobody really cares except the people who lived it and went through it, <laughs> because fans don't care about how the front office success is when the team's kind of sucky, um, but you you guys were pushing and producing content, kind of before like content was this stupid buzzword you hear you hear everywhere like content yeah. content yeah. king, you guys were producing content in compelling and emotionally connected ways, um, regardless of the team performance. And that that's what I think is really fun from those years is that, and, and, and honestly, Mark gets a ton of that credit. Clark gets a ton of that credit. The, the foundation was being laid of this, like, um, really strong, uh, excellent group of talented people who – we're doing the work even when the team necessarily wasn't reflected. And now, now like both are happening and that's super awesome for them. Um, but man, like I remember times in that office when you and me and the sponsorship group, we were sitting around talking about how to, how to bring this TV production to life and how do we get sponsorship dollars for it and all this other stuff. And your attitude, bro, was always like, hell yeah, like let's figure it out. And yes, we can do that. And yeah, it, you, it was never met with this like, cynical minimal scarcity mindset of like oh man i don't know like i don't know if we can get that approved i don't know if we can get this done you were always like yes and 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 so i wanted to say that and then the second piece i wanted to say to you is like the the way that you um and and i'm sure this is like part grit and part old school new haven connecticut guy in you but you, you you won 62 awards and all these other things right like you could have sat in the proverbial director's chair, producer's chair, and t- instructed everybody to do the thing. And they would have done it because you were the boss, right? Like, they would have done it. But what I love, what the things I remember in my mind about your work in particular was, like, your sweaty ass running around with a camera trying to get the, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get the yep. best angle and, like, schlepping bags around. And, like, uh, you know, I, I for me to put a podcast together it takes, like, an hour and a half because I'm not very technical. For you, to, you're, like, hauling these all this gear around and doing all this cool stuff um and and to me that like stands out as like you not only were you weren't in it for the the awards were a byproduct of your passionate work right i mean am i am i off base on that no you i I, i'm first of all i'm beyond flattered and you know like i don't like to say nice things about you because i've already said enough so i don't want to say too many and get your head big you know what i mean you're already the best looking dude i know so it's kind of scary but i will say I really, really appreciate that. And you know what? You're, you're not wrong. I, I have literally lived my life and I just talked to a guy the other day from London. I'm a blue collar kid that's been yanked into a white collar world. But when I was specifically speaking of the Chiefs and what you saw, when I was brought there to do was what I've done at every place, both at San Francisco and in Philadelphia, which is servant leadership, right? And I know that sounds corny, but it's how can I ask somebody to be an incredible filmmaker if I don't show them? How can I tell them how to compose something incredible if I'm not composing along with them? You know, you know, Mark Donovan gave us hundreds of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. to go get the Ferraris of cameras and tell the chief story. Again, in lean years, you're absolutely right. But you know what? You knew those years were going to turn. And so you had to get the right gear to tell the right story, to do all of these fabulous things. And you just don't hand those to people and expect them to treat them like yours. You have to show them how to do it. And you have to show them how to handle not only physically the stuff well, but philosophically. You know, what? what's the story we're trying to tell? How do we do it? How do we treat this like it's our own so that, you know, we can we can make the company proud? How do how do we make sure that we're the we're the Swiss Army knife? Because long gone are the days of just shooters or producers or writers. You know, you have to do everything. And so I was trying to build mm. a family tree of of amazing people. And, you know, you, you mentioned something. I wanted to tell a fun story about, you know, content is content. You're right. That is such a new word, you know, because it was always like a feature or a vignette or a TV show. But like straight content, I don't care if your team is two and 14 or 14, and two, you know, 
fans, unless they get, um, what's the word I'm thinking? Unless they get like apathetic, which is the mm-hmm. worst thing that could happen. You you want your fans to be pissed off if you're two and fourteen, because yep, right. that means they're still they paying attention. They care. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 So that makes sense. Like if they if you don't hear anything from them and you're two and fourteen, well, you can kiss them goodbye. And as a as a guy who was in charge of our sales, as a guy who was in charge of going out there and asking people for millions of dollars to help fuel these, you know, our team, you know how hard that is. You know, I mean, creating a production could take a month. Creating a partnership could take nine months or a year or more. So so you're right in it. It's just that we're just working with different clay. Um, mm. But for me, um, you know, my thought was, look if the guys aren't performing on the field and let's be honest, when you're two and 14, no, they're not performing on the field. When you, when you're firing your coach midstream, you got problems. So what do you do as the internal storyteller? You find stories that matter. You find the people's whose lives revolve around the chiefs who have been, you know, who have a restaurant that might be chief themed or some famous, you know, you go find the Paul Rudds and the Rob Riggles. That's what we did. And you know, the, the interesting thing is the fans took center stage where, you know, the Tyler Palco years, they didn't take center stage, right? Because, I mean, Mahomes is amazing. And to have him is to have, you're right, like the golden goose. But, you know, you're not always going to have him. And 31 other teams have to find a way to to make that happen. And for us, it was tell the story of the fans. Tell these amazing stories. And I'll give you a great example of how far that went. So so you remember there was a show called The Faithful. Yep. I mean, I'm sorry, called yep. The Kingdom. Yep. We, it was it was basically stories about the fans or potentially players or celebs. We, we basically took that idea when we went to San Francisco and we really refined it into this show called The Faithful because that was the San Francisco's, you know, their fans are called The Faithful. Yep. Well, I did so many pieces on fans because we we started off when I went there and we went. 50 seconds away from going to a Super Bowl, we were beat by Seattle. And then really the wheels came off for the next four years. So mm. we were back in holy smokes mode, you know, Justin. We were like, how do we make this look good? You know, eight and eight, you know, four and 12. I mean, Brand four stadium, different coaches. And, oh, brutal. Yeah. Yep. Brutal. Right. So, um, so we started to really focus on the fans and the stories were just as compelling. And it got to a point where I had done so many fun stories and traveled literally to almost every single state. That on my 49th birthday last year, a fan who actually – there's another story to him. His name is Alex Carson, and he is one of the finest football fans I've ever met in my life. He rallied fans all over the world, and he physically cut a video for me on my 49th birthday, okay. and it was like nine minutes. And, I, and, and, and here's why it's so surprising to everybody listening out there. When was the last time, ask yourself this question, a fan did something that mm. not for a coach, not for a player, but for a front office person, mm. right? When was, and when I tell you the something effort positive. that went into, <laughs> right. it was unbelievable. Dude, it, I literally watched it and I started to, I was the Dick Vermeil. I'm the Dick Vermeil of dudes. Oh, I started yeah. to cry right at my kitchen table and I couldn't believe it. Now, ready for this, that same fan, that same fan one week ago. He's from Seattle. He's I, the whole story was he was in the belly of the beast and he started with like three people watching games. He now has like 3000. This kid put together this empire out in in Seattle. Well, I'm laying on my bed. I had done some day drinking last weekend. It was Saturday last weekend. And, <laughs> and I was laying cow, on my bro. Bed. I got to drink that wine. Right. We went we went to a wine affairs right here in San Jose and all of a sudden my wife comes in. She's like, "Um, you need to come to the living room." And I'm like, I'm laying here. She's like, no, 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 no. You need to come here. And I went in here and he had driven 848 miles, 12 hours with his girlfriend and his dog just to tell me that he loved me and that he was like, man, the the team will never be the same without you. We already feel, dude, I swear God. And I put my arms around him, COVID or no COVID. And we went out in my backyard and started drinking. And so, (laughs) but it was just, it was, you know, it was, and, and when I when I said goodbye to the fans, um, you know, like last month, um, it was this giant. I mean, when I tell you I had over 100,000 impressions or 100, and it's probably it's probably even doubled since then. But just the words that these fans had given me and how, you know, how thankful they were, you know, they're really the ones that drive it. They're, you know, they're our customers. They were the people that kept you and I alive yeah. in those times. Yeah. And um, and that was, you know. 
that was worth all of it because yes, they would, they would bitch and moan about the, the team not being good, but you know what, when you're telling them a story that they never heard that could make them cry in one second and laugh in another second. And Oh, by the way, yes, you're getting paid and you might get an award for it, but to have a guy create a video or come and tell you that he loves you or the incredible outpouring on social, like all of that, I would trade in every one of those awards to mm. know that those people felt that way. It was so cool, man. It was mm. so cool. Mm. I got chills, man. I'm thankful. I didn't know that story and I'm, I'm so glad to hear it. It was so cool. Oh, that's awesome. Um, man, like there's so much to unpack in that you, you, you've hit on something we've built our business around, frankly, like, the, the way that our group is, is teaching and helping companies mm-hmm. realize that it's really not about their product or their brand or their boardroom objectives. It is about the emotional capacity and current to connect to their customers. How do we do totally. that? How do you, totally. and like, I, I just, as a fellow story nerd, I'd be curious, like, um, to, for you to unpack more of the, it was for you about the fan. It was, it's their story. Like the San Francisco 49er oval. Sure. Like the, 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 the royalties and the trademark and the, 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 the fees get funneled to the family and the team that, that owns and operates that brand. But it's really the 49ers faithful brand, right? Like it's their story to tell. Same with Chiefs Kingdom. Same with the Eagles, whatever it was, Eagles, whatever, green or crew. Or Crazies, the Eagles crazies. crazies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, absolutely. But like, and, and so whether you're you're selling, um, you know, NFL football, or you're selling insurance, or you're selling next year paint jobs, or you're selling plumbing services or um, new computers, like it's not about the damn product. It's about the pro, it's about the people who buy the product. It's about their life. It's about how to make it better. It's how to connect, how to, how to find that's right. ways to, like you said, make them laugh or make them cry. Um, and that's not manipulation. It's, it's just, it's no. good relational harmony, right? Like I, I'd be no, curious for you to I, unpack more of that. Well, so, you know, so it's interesting. So I, I'm going to, it, it almost sounds like you and I talked about this before, but I swear to God on my eyeballs, we did not. <laughs> um, so there was a, there's this great series that travels around the country. And actually the last one that I spoke at was actually in Kansas city. It was really fun. It's called the digital summit. Mm. And basically it's, it's a giant nerd fest for nerds like me to go and talk about how metrics balance out storytelling or how this app, we use this app or this project management tool. You know, it was, it was just a good kind of melding of the minds across the world. And and they had asked me to come and talk about exactly what you just said, Justin, Mm. exactly what you just said. And so I got up there and I showed him these massive metrics of the NFL, right? Here's football and the the, the rocket fuel behind the the arrowhead and blah, blah, blah. And then I juxtaposed it with my wife's business. My wife has this business that she opened. She's a fantastic businesswoman. She opened the Pilates yoga and a bar studio. Like it's a, it's a, it's a form of ballet bar. And, um, you know, basically it's a workout that'll make you shake until you pass out. Mm. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not for the, it's not for the meek, but she's an incredible business person. And so she has maybe 250 members and I treat, you know, of course I'm the CMO of Labar. It's called Labar and she's Labar, Labar studios.com. So, um, so I treat that product exactly the way I treated my NFL product. What are the stories behind it? Why are people connected to it? And, you know, I mean, literally, I would post something, you know, with the Chiefs, and you're in the tens of thousands, sometimes a hundred thousand metrics, like within two days. Yep, yep. Here at Labar, maybe we're hitting 60, 70, 90, you know, likes or whatever. However, it's the emotional connection to to the story. And again, it could be insurance, it could be anything, it could be finance, it could be a restaurant. For me, you got a deep dive into who you're trying to touch. And you allow them to tell the story instead of you banging your chest and and going out there and and conjuring what it is. You know, we we unearth a lot of things. As a matter of fact, on her Instagram um, for Labar Studios Instagram right now, what I did was I just put an, an APB out. And in I, I had mentioned, like, you know, why is Labar important to you now mm. during covid and in their own words is the series. And I designed this piece where there's a voice for the you know, for the customers and the instructors and, you know, and, and, and we have wellness providers like, you know, uh, massage therapists and things like that. And I just want them to tell, you know, what, 
why is this community important to you, especially right now in, in such a weird, abnormal, bizarre, out there world? And, you know, it's just finding ways to connect people, you know, above and beyond just using the product, going to a football game, using your car insurance, you know, investing with somebody that you love. Like, why? Why am I doing it? And what I love and I think what you guys love at Guild is I think you guys love really getting to know, becoming an expert on the things that you're, you know, I, I follow you religiously on LinkedIn. I love that you're super active and I feel like you guys become experts in whoever you touch. And you know what? That's a script that you and I wrote that script in 2010 and 2011. It's like, let's figure out what these people do and let's make sure that everybody knows it. And instead of being fake about it, let's figure out ways to, to cultivate it. And, you know, maybe it's not for everybody, but for the people that it is for, it's going to really mean something. And, you know, kind of working that story and becoming an expert in those lanes will help you to serve, you know, I don't even like to use the word clients, but to serve partners better or yeah. to serve members better. It's a really interesting concept, but sentiment is is as powerful as anything. Yeah, dude, so good. I, I remember those those meetings because because there's there's always this kind of weird tension. Doesn't always have to be, but there's typically this weird tension between like sales engines and marketing engines, right? And and the the marketing and the production people are. Like, I hate sales guys. I just hate them. <laughs> right, right. That's right. That's why you <laughs> yelled at me in your office all the time. Um, and, and and so, but what's cool is is in the the vein of what you're talking about in before it was like popular back in 2011, you and I are sitting in offices and other people going, yeah. cool. Hey, here's what high V wants to do. Here's what Anheuser-Busch needs to accomplish. Here's what Sprint is trying to, how they're trying to reach their customers. Yeah. We could like go old school and like give them a 30 second commercial or like slap their logo on this thing. And like contractually, it's probably fine. But yeah. like, if we really want to drive their business through the, the, the lane of a, of a chief's partnership or program, Hey Rob, what ideas do you have to like weave in high V grocery bags in the background of like a some footage or like I mean the, Do you the, remember do you remember when I came to you guys with like a twelve page menu of things to do? Yes. Uh, it I was do. insane. And and now that, that menu is probably like twenty four pages. But I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna stop you for one second. So my son, who is my best friend, okay, he's twenty four. Uh, couldn't love him anymore. He and I are beyond close. We go on vacations together. We talk every single day, whether it's FaceTime or text or we play video games together. We share. He knows everything about me. What does he go on to do? He becomes a sales guy in the NFL. I'm like, son of a <laughs> bitch. Right. So I don't even know what he's doing. He's, What's he doing? He's at the, he's at the Minnesota Vikings. He's in corporate sales. He oh, went to the dark go. side. Let's That's go. like Luke Skywalker becoming man. a stormtrooper. That's my you know man. I mean? Like, Oh, <laughs> and I, you know, he started off in the creative side and now he's on the corporate side. I said, you know what? That's just, you know, he's just doing it. It's like when you root against Despite you. It's like, yes. one, it's like one of your kids becoming a Raiders fan. Like right. it's just not right. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> that's awesome. So I, I did didn't not mean know to that. cut off your, no, oh, that's it's great. Awful. It's, it's awful. I, I didn't but I know. do look good in purple. You got to see me in purple. I, I still, my favorite team is the chiefs and I rock my chief stuff. And I will say that openly, but I do wear my, my NFC team is the Eagles and the, and the Vikings, I can I can root for them now, you know, or whoever pays my mortgage really at that point. Yeah, absolutely. How how could shifting gears just a touch, um, and, and, yeah. and not to get too nerdy because may, maybe nobody cares but me and you. Um, what do you make? I'm just curious anecdotally. What do you make of NFL TV ratings being down so far in 2020? You know, it's an interesting it's an interesting thought process. Um, you know, frankly. I think, and again, not to politicize any of this stuff, because because I respect every, I, I for those out there who who maybe don't know, I also have a very deep connection to the United States Army, so I am very open to everyone's opinion, and that is what our incredible service women and men fight for. However, I think in such a contentious time right now, does it matter what side you're on? There's a lot of tension. I think people are probably focused on other things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I know, I, I actually think that that like i have not missed a football game i am a football junkie i love it it's awesome it is my release my wife also is a sports girl and i love her for that um but you know i just think that you know if i'm going to get really really insightful even the last six months prior to football starting like i just really rearranged my priorities mm. just based on where i am right now and I'm, I'm talking about even when i was still the vp and ep for the niners my priorities were really shifting it was take a step back be ultra yeah. grateful. Your, you know, your, 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 your world's not as big as you think it is. It's a heck of a lot smaller. Mm. And, and Justin, I think a lot of people 
in their mind right now, they're probably like, you know, everything feels really forced right now. Um, you know, there are some stadiums that do have, pe- you know, people going to them. And then there's a lot of stadiums that do not. Um, it is an awkward watch to, to hear a crowd in a stadium that's empty. And I just think that people are probably like, you know, maybe it's the time. It's not time to walk outside yeah. or yeah. hang out or, you know, I, I don't I, know what yeah. it is, but I expected it to actually be down more than it was. Mm. Um, but but it's I mean, it is a, it's a heck of a product. Without a doubt, it's coming back. And um, it's just an interesting year, man. I don't I don't know if anybody can pin down 2020 and what it's all about. No, you're dude, you're right. And, and I, I was genuinely curious because I'm like, man, because we yeah, it's 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 really it's a fascinating and, and I think you're your instincts are, are super close to the mark. Cause I think it's people are, people are living differently now. Like people are very, working from home. Very. People are mm-hmm. more awake to their, their, the, the things that maybe they fell asleep to, or they're awakened yeah. to deeper purpose or, or whatnot. And so, um, well, the other thing, the other thing too, is like, you got your face on a screen all day. Like even as I work to a find my next path and B I'm doing a lot of things on my own business you know, I'm on a screen all the time. The last thing I want to do, especially in, in, in California in the fall is want to be inside. You know, I love to be outside, even if I'm just sitting in my backyard or walking to the park or, I mean, really old school things that Absolutely. just kind of have a little bit more impact right now. Dude, totally. Yeah. My, my dumbass planted a garden this year and we grew a few things. I, <laughs> I like, love it. Hey, I love it. Um, dude, uh, I don't want to be, I, I don't, I want to spend like three minutes here cause I, I don't think it Go. deserves yep. more time than that. But there is a like there is a dark side to the success and the um, climb and the the you know relatively right like the fame that the the platform right that you were afforded and, and you worked your ass off to get to but like there there is a pressure and an identity crisis and an issue that um, at least for me I experienced was like as awesome as fun and as neat as that opportunity to work at a place like that was it comes with like, there's some trade-offs, man. Like, and there's some tough stuff that, that, that I don't, I, I don't want to just harp on. Again, this is a three minute piece, not a 40 minute piece, but the 40 minutes have been like, Hey, this has been this really cool way to tell stories. But like, it comes with a lot of damn pressure and different things that are really hard. <laughs> Am I right? No, that's, that's a fact. As a matter of fact, I'll, I'll put it in more sharp terms because I'm, I, again, I am, I am a very East coast kid. You know, I found out, who my friends were when I had a job and when I didn't have a job mm. with the team, with the team specifically, yeah. um, you know, yeah. you, you find out, you know, who is, who is really, really excited about the shiny stuff and who's really excited about Rob Alberino or Justin Rickliffs, you know, um, that's one. And two is I feel like, and I will be very open about this. Um, you know, I feel like there are a lot of people, even people that I've recently worked with that, you know, you, you'll wonder, if they're, they're, they're okay to step on people as yeah. they climb high. Yeah. Um, you know, I, my Colonel, um, who was my enlisting officer in the army, he's actually right out there in Leavenworth, um, Matt Yandora. Uh, if, if they tapped my arm and we had the same DNA and blood, I wouldn't be surprised because he and I are incredibly close, but he said, you know, the thing that he loved about me, and this is not a pat on my back. This is a, this is a thought process that I think you also share he has a mentality and and he's you know he is certainly climbing the ranks in the united states army with almost 25 years of service he said rob you 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 lift as you climb you lift as you climb and you know what that's going to hold you back sometimes could could justin have been a ceo or a president of a club absolutely could rob alberino be a ceo or president of a club absolutely but you know what at the price of what it might take in order to do that. And this is not an offense to anybody who was a president, especially a guy like Mark or Gideon or the people that I talked about, those people did it the right way. They just happen to be incredibly smart, but you know, there are, there are paths that you can take in this, in this world where you can step on that guy or girl and get to where you need to go. And you know what, that is a very dark thing. And I think about it often. So this is a pertinent point of the conversation Mm. and you just have to, you know, you got to figure out, you know, your where's your moral compass and where's your integrity. And, you know, when you're done, when you put your head on the pillow, are you proud you work for a team? Heck yeah. Are you proud the way you led your team? Sure am. And you know what? You got to look at you in the mirror and decide, you know, what it is that that makes you you. And I'm just really happy at what I see. I, I'm sure you can say the same thing. And 
Um, and I just know that in any business, there's probably a lot of people that go home and really try to avoid that mirror as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the sports world, it is a, it is a, it's tough. It's like the entertainment business. Everybody hears about it down south in L.A. It's they hear about it because it's true, you know. Yeah. Um, and but but you're right. You're right. Dude, I, well, yeah, you said it perfectly, and and I'm I'm I wasn't sure if you were open and, and wanted to go there, and I'm glad you did. And, and I know you told me nothing's off limits, but like, man, that that is, I think, to give that breath and acknowledgement and awareness and say like, hey, the the, and and it goes back to your conversation about the refocus priorities of 2020 is like, That's man, right. I think for all of us, it's kind of been this like stop us in our tracks, like. Hey, what are, what are we actually chasing? What are we doing here? <laughs> like, because right. uh, I know at least for me, if I go or, or when I go on autopilot and just start just start cruising and hustling, I look around and I'm like, wait, wait a second, I I kind of missed the whole point. <laughs> like, I'm way out front here and um, nobody's with me because I'm a dumbass and like I, I totally <laughs> I totally missed it. You know what I mean? And so that yeah. that that part, um, I'm grateful you went to, dude. Uh, number one, we're doing this again because I, I think we're just now scratching the surface. Uh, before we before we wrap, though, if you would, um, the the next and I know it's unwritten, like it's the unwritten story, but if you could say like, hey, this is what I'm gonna start thinking in, in this new chapter. You get to go right. What gets you excited about your new opportunities? Oof, I don't need, this might be another way. How long have we been talking? We've been talking for 49 minutes and 15 seconds. I hope we got another 49, 15. No, but what I would do is I would probably say, Justin, you know, in, in, if I'm putting my heart out there, um, I am a builder and a builder of teams, mm-hmm. you know, a builder of these stories, a builder of whatever, whatever, whatever that means. And I love a task. I love, and I love a task that isn't short lived. You know, I mean, I really love the thought process of a long term build, seeing something. It's your garden, right? Like when you planted your, you went to Home Depot or Lowe's or wherever the heck you went, your local store, and, and you put it in the ground and you, you know, every day you cultivated it. I have the same thing here. I have a lime tree, I have a lemon tree, I have a fig tree, as corny as that sounds. Awesome. And I, when that thing bears fruit, you are so pumped because maybe like my, my, my lime tree, which I'm literally staring at right now, the first, it took five years mm. for a lime. Do you know how hard mm. it is to make a drink with no limes? You know, that's, <laughs> that's four, four drinking references in one, four drinking references in one podcast. But, and I remember literally putting it on Instagram. I'm like, damn it, five years. And it made this now, Justin, I swear I'm looking out there. There's probably 35 of them. And I can't wait for the thing to like reach the sky. Right. And so my thought process is I'm going to shift that right into what we're doing. I love building, cultivating. And this, you know, as I'm 50, I I turned 50 while we were at the Super Bowl this year. And that was one of the greatest moments of my life. Even though Patrick Mahomes won, we might've been doing a little small arrowhead chop at that point, but (laughs) we, uh, we, um, you know, we were, um, you know, I really thought to myself the next 10 years, you know, if I'm, if I'm answering your question directly, I want to be a part of something that is so fantastic. And I want to build something alongside of people that I truly care about and celebrate. You know, I really want to be a part of, of that sort of that cultivating. So when I hand that baton over to the woman or the man or the women or the men next to me, and I'm like, I'm tapping out. I'm, my wife and I are getting on a boat and you won't see us for, but six months out of the year, you know, my next step will be to do something of incredible stature. And, and you know, I write every day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm super, super creative and um, I love music. I love being outside. So that part of me is there. And I might mm. at the next 10 years after 10 years, I might have a couple of screenplays that really feel Let's like go. they need to be written. But right now, my next move will be just to put myself into the best right position, not the next position, but something just super fabulous that can can sort of quench that thirst of of building and creating and working alongside of, of really great people. Um, that's that's where I want. If I could write my my next ten years, that's where it would be. Whoa, well said, dude. Oh my gosh, yeah, we're we're having you on again. This is so fun. Um, well, good. We, we end we end every show with five quick ones. Okay, so Go. five quick questions. I'm, What's the last? Ta- well, you know, the goodness is my daughter brought me a coffee in the middle of this thing. That's how good my. So you're geared up. You're ready to rock, dude. I'm ready. <laughs> What's the last book you read? 
Last book I read was Young Men in Fire by Norman McLean. Actually, just finished it like three days ago. Boom. Love it. What would you do right now if you weren't afraid? <sighs> if I wasn't afraid, uh, move out of California because mm. it's just it's just too insane. I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to move out of California. Uh, dude, I hear you. I'm ready to visit California, but I, yeah, I can't live there. Uh, favorite T-shirt? Favorite T-shirt is I have a T-shirt that's an old rope-a-dope T-shirt. My boy, it's my boy's, uh, my boy's uh, company we created, and it says "Where's Brooklyn?" And whenever I wear it, no matter where I go, I don't even know what it means, but people are like, "Dude, where's Brooklyn?" I just love it. <laughs> that's awesome. I don't know why. Oh, it, looks, it makes me look huge. Oh, it makes one. me look huge. That's great. Yep. Uh, favorite place on earth. Favorite place on earth, um, Paris. Love it. I speak French, and any chance we get, we we go to Paris. I, I just think I love it. Oh, man. I've never been. Can't wait. Um, go. All right. Last heavy one. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? I just want to be remembered for a guy that was honest and straight with everybody. I think sometimes, you know, that honesty um, – People are afraid to be honest. People are afraid to be straight. You can be honest without being brutal to people because um, there's there's that brutal honesty. And then there's the like creative honesty. Um, but, you know, I, I, I try never to give anybody a line. I try never to lead anybody down a path they shouldn't be led. Um, I, I would say from a philosophical standpoint, I want them to be like, I trusted that guy because that's me the highest compliment. But the most important thing for me to be remembered by is none of the stuff I'm working on. Mm. Frankly, I just want to be an amazing dad. I want to mm. be an amazing husband, amazing brother and son. I start all of my bios off with that because it's the most important thing to me. Mm. Everything else is, although we think our careers are the most important thing in the world, they, you, if you're a smart person, you drop them all for your family Amen. in that time of need. Yeah. Period. Amen, brother. Dude, I love you, man. Where can people follow along on your journey? Yeah, well, so first of all, I love you too, and I miss you, and you got to make sure you say hi to Brooke and everybody for me, your whole clan. Um, at Robert Alberino on Twitter is a fun follow. I've been very quiet because my next chapter is going to be great, um, but at Robert Alberino on Twitter, and I think at Robert Alberino Jr. on Instagram, and robertalberino.com. Going to have a brand Let's new go. website in about a week. My Let's brand go. new website, you can learn anything you want and check out all the stuff we talked about, all the Emmy award-winning stuff. Right there. Let's go. Right there. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I can't. No, yeah, let's go. I can't wait to hear. Well, I'll be listening. I'll be listening to you, and I know we're going to be talking for sure. All right, my man. Thanks a You're ton, dude. Best. Likewise. Love uh, you, oh, buddy. Yeah. You keep me in touch. Yep, you got it, man. Uh, all Thanks, right, Rob. See you. See As always, thank you for listening. Your attention is super valuable, so thank you for giving it to us. If you're a fan of the show, please go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. I would really appreciate it. Until next time, when we get to share another great conversation with you, have a great week and let your life tell a meaningful story.